0: Don't try and rush into a deal because you want to do a deal straight away. Follow the process, follow the model.
1: So, you know, you need to protect yourself from the the purchase at the start.
0: There's always a solution to a problem. That's the big thing in development site.
1: Welcome to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with myself, Andy Cook.
0: And myself, Lloyd Girardi.
1: So we're going to have a content episode here, and we're going to concentrate on how you can mitigate your risks in development. So we're going to pick the five stages of development and go through a way, just one of the ways, there are several, but concentrate on one of the ways that you can mitigate the risk to make sure that your development is successful.
0: Yeah. So um, in developments, we have our well, we have our six um, processes of becoming a successful developer. So you've got the funding, you've got planning, you've got the finding the deal, you've got the exit, you've got the um, the building of it, and you've also got the mindset of it. Not in that order, um, but basically the six elements. So we're gonna say the five element, elements, excluding the mindset, because the mindset is um, yeah, a bigger element in itself. But the first one then is is finding um, finding a site. So what's the risk of not finding sites, I suppose. So our principle and the way we teach people is you um, follow my rule, which is a hundred thirty ten rule. So that's finding a hundred opportunities, analyzing 30 a month and offering on 10 a month uh, because you want to be building your pipeline um, and pipeline in developments is so important so the risk of not getting a site is because you have not got a big enough pipeline um, you need to get that pipeline going so the first thing to do is get as many sites under offer as possible in developments land is overpriced a lot of the time um, and um, people's expectations of land or vendors expectation of the land are unrealistic but also you've got to understand that when someone advertises something for sale on Rightmove and they put it on the market for uh, say £600,000, they don't generally want £600,000, that's their hope value. So they'll probably take less, but your numbers, um, you only pay for a site based on what you can pay for the site. So a way to mitigate getting the wrong site is don't pay for the land over what you can pay, uh, so what the figures say. So just stick to the numbers, stick to your figures, don't try and rush into a deal because you want to do a deal straight away. You've just got to follow the process, follow the model, get the pipeline built and offer based on your numbers. And when the offer gets accepted, then you go for it. So yeah, that's kind of the mitigating risks in the finding part. Okay. Planning, mitigating planning.
1: So yeah, planning is a complicated system. So, you know, there's no guarantee we're planning. It's subjective to a certain extent. Um, there's obviously um, rules that they have to follow. But um, if you're buying sites that need planning just on risk value alone, then it's going to take a long time and it could get tied up in the system. We've had sites that have been in planning for three or four years, haven't we, with yeah. redesigning schemes and going back with different things. So, you know, it can take a long
0: time. And people listening will be like, bloody hell, three or four years, isn't that? Yeah. can't do that. We had other sites going on in the background, so it wasn't yeah. an issue. But then what you're about to well, say... Well, it wasn't ideal, was, was it? You yeah. Know, like, you know. But what you're about to uh, say and how we mitigate the risk is actually that wasn't much, wasn't much of an issue in the, in, the, in the bigger picture.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you need to protect yourself from the, the purchase at the start. So if you just buy at risk value, all right, you know, you might get more deals accepted because you're taking the risk on. But we're talking about mitigating risk. So if you want to mitigate that risk, you have to put in for sites. Um, if, if they haven't got planning, it will be subject to planning. So, you know, you need the vendor to come through that journey with you. You can sometimes give them more money once it's got planning. You agree that you'll pay them a bit extra, but you need them to come on that, the, the planning journey with you. And if you don't get an amount of planning, you know, you'll have a, a bottom stop that you can pull out of that deal then. So the deal that you said there, we did put a deposit down, didn't we? We agreed yep. through our solicitors that if we didn't get a certain amount of houses on there, that then we would get our deposit back you know that you're not going to get everything 100 refundable yeah yeah. everything's a a negotiation that's not going to happen on every site you're not going to just be able to say right i want that you won't win sites but on that one we were buying it from the council that was agreed through the solicitors and we did actually get planning but we were originally going for like nine houses. There was reasons why we couldn't do that. We ended up getting four bigger houses on there, which was under our limit really, but it worked viably because they were different style houses, but we protected ourselves is the point. Obviously the other way to mitigate planning is to not go through the planning and and actually look for stuff with planning. Now, you know. When people start out, we quite often say that the first deal is going to be your hardest because, you know, there's lots of new things you're going to be doing. It'll probably be the first time that you're borrowing money from private investors. It'll be the first time that you're getting development funding. It might be the first time that you've ever been through the build working with contractors. So planning, again, if it's your first time, you want to minimize some of those factors. So maybe not focus on, like, having retirement money on your first profits from your first development, just do want to get some momentum. So understand yeah. that you're going to be taking a slightly less profit margin on it. But the planning is a, a risk you can mitigate without even having to go through that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so next one is the funding element. So um, I suppose the risk of not getting funds for a development, you've got an offer accepted on, um, for example, so. Um, your is accepted you are subject to planning or subject to full site appraisal you'll have a a period of time where you can go out to uh, find investors so with commercial developments it's not necessarily going to be a quick turnaround um this is a commercial purchase so you've got to go through obviously all the the normal sort of searches and things uh, with the site but you've also got to go through commercial finance um so the first one is if a lender doesn't lend to you there are hundreds of lenders out there um and doesn't matter what sort of position you are as a purchaser buying that site, even if you've got bad credit or credit history, there will be lenders out there. You might end up having to pay a little bit more money because of that, but there are lenders out there and you are not restricted to just one lender. There'll be a a selection to choose from, but this is why we use brokers because they know the market that uh, will suit you best. So if you can't get lending from a specific lender, then there's probably another lender that will lend to you. So as long as the deal works and stacks up, there should be lending available. Um, In terms of the investment from an investor, I suppose the the fact of not getting lending that way, um, again, you've got time to build that pipeline up. I'd start networking now, I'd start talking to people now, start showing people what you're doing now, um, and people follow your journey. Again, if the deal works and stacks up, there is money out there. You might not necessarily know the investors right now, but when a deal works and it it looks decent and there's a good return for an investor, then someone will invest. And it might not just be one person, it might be a few people uh, investing that deal as well. So um, there are different ways to find money. I suppose if if it all comes to it and you cannot find anything, um, again, we're offering subject to full site appraisal or and there's an element that you can back out at that point. So there's a process where you can find money without spending money first. So I think that's quite a, an important part in how we teach people to become developers. So you have a period of time where you can go and find money. So if you can't, you can't, okay? But from our experience, those people that said they can't at the beginning ended up finding finance from the way we teach people. Cool. Okay, so building. Yeah, next one is the build phase. Now, this is um, something
1: which which worries and intimidates a lot of people if they're not from the build side of it. So if you are from the build side of it, you perhaps feel really comfortable. If you're from the trades or you've you've got a small building company, Uh, project manager maybe for one of the bigger building companies well you're going to be doing the same job as you always do you're just doing it for yourself so it's probably not going to worry you but there is obviously risk in working with a builder and I'm sure with you know a lot of people have had um, experiences even on extensions with their own home where the builder's not always done what they said or they've you know they've um, you know not given a contract properly or or, you know they're a bit of a a sticky situation so developments the good news is they're a bit bigger so we do generally have contracts and things like that so that's your first mitigation you get a proper contract so the ones we normally use are jct um there are others out there um but you know jct ones are normally the ones that suit ours and 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 it's minor works normally but there's people out who can help you write that like contract specialists who can help you fill that in Um, but one point and one way you can do that again if it's the first time you've done it and you're working with a builder and if you just contract a builder then that's where people get a bit unstuck isn't it you know they they contract a builder now builders aren't always the best business people they come up through the trades and all that kind of thing they're great at building a house but it doesn't mean they're great at doing the books and and planning programming and all that kind of thing and also if you know if you've had that experience with your extension sometimes you know Uh, the developer i.e. me i sort of i i have more weight with their schedule because i pay them more if it's a sub like a electrician or plumber or someone like that a sole trader um whereas you're only giving him a very small part of his wage if you like so you know it might be me who's had an issue but i can call them off site easier and they might let you down rather than let me down because i can make a percent of their work yeah so again you know it's they're not always the best um, business people. It, it's, it's more about, you know, what feeds them and stuff, isn't it? Um, but the best way that you can mitigate this is if you actually bring the builder in you know but you, you know you only want to do a joint venture and bring them in on the deal if you've got that relationship with them maybe if you work with them before but naturally motivation changes doesn't it if somebody's if they if it's a win-win at the end of a development and the developers getting a, a chunk of their profit maybe even more profit than they would get as a contractor so a contractor you perhaps get 20 percent Maybe you give them a little bit through the build so that they can pay their overheads and, you know, don't grind to a halt as a building company. You've still got vans you got to pay and offices and things like that. Give them a percentage of that. But then they get the, the, the majority of what they're going to get out of it at the back end and they get an uplift because they're part of the deal instead of just contracted. Then actually they want to finish the site as much as you want to finish the site. They're, you know, the big thing with um, developments is time on site. It's lending, isn't it? You know, you've got private money you've borrowed you've got development money you've borrowed every month it goes on longer than the program it costs everybody a lot of money it costs you a lot of money at that point it doesn't cost the builder any money but if their profit is tied to the back end as well it costs them money so the motivation changes a lot by them being part of the deal and some people have that mindset well i can just contract them i can keep it all myself but actually what we're trying to develop um is long term developers, isn't it? We don't just want to, and it's not just one site and run. We want people to do it for life and by joint venturing, working with other people and building those relationships. That's how your best chance of working for life is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: um the final one then is uh, the, the exit strategy, I suppose. So um, let's look at it in the plan A is to do a build to rent. So you're Finishing the development, you've got 25% profit in the deal, which allows you to get a 75% loan-to-value mortgage to pull the money out um, and pay everyone back off. Um, let's say that at the end of the deal that the um, build has gone up more and your GDV maybe has slipped a little or dropped a little bit. Um, the first thing we do to mitigate the risk is we don't, we never assume the hope value on the site. We never assume a premium on a new build house either. So we'll teach you just sort of gone the the sold comparables rather than the hope for sale values. Um, So you should have about 5% contingency in that um, roughly. And 5% is just a a rough figure, it's not an exact, but, um, and then you've got 25% margin in it as well. So you actually probably got about 30% lower than the market value um, at the end of the deal. So if, you overspend, for example, and the GDP goes down and you've only got 20% profit, that's still good. In a development, that's still good. You can then sell it um, or refinance and keep 5% of people's money in and pay them an interest on the money left in. It's only the same as them putting it back in the bank. Your property is is a bank and obviously you'll be renting it out. So the income from that could pay your investors back off. So there's a way that potentially, even if you have to leave money in a deal, um, can be um, serviced but let's say that um the investor doesn't want to do that and they want their money out then you, your plan b might be to sell it and even at 20 percent profit that's decent even at 15 percent profit that's decent at 10 percent profit yeah it's getting a bit tighter but you've still made profit okay so profit is decent um and you should have about 30 well, 25 30 percent to play with um if you buy the site at the right price at the beginning um so there are exit strategies um there are bridging products out there as well that you can do a bridge to let so it's like a three-year product which allows the developer to get off the expensive development finance and move on to a slightly cheaper but not the cheapest product um, which is a bridge to let product so um, or developers exit they call it as well so that is basically giving the developer three years to sell at a reduced interest rate to development finance because at the end of the deal the risk for the lender's gone isn't it because the site's developed and the only risk now is it not selling. So the lenders will potentially give you a, um, either extension or you refinance onto another product, which is the bridge to let. So there's, there's always a solution to a problem. That's the big thing in development site. Like, there's always a solution. Okay. So don't go into development, trying to highlight every single risk and every single challenge that's going to happen. And you think it's going to happen on every site. It's not, not every challenge is going to happen. Uh, on a development so yeah these are just five ways that you can mitigate risks um on a development site so yeah
1: yeah no it's great great points um hope everyone's enjoying the podcast um you know keep throwing those points to us messages ask what you want you want to know and we'll we'll cover it um over the next few episodes um, and yeah. it's always good to have some tips though isn't it
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, send us a comment, send us any uh, direct messages on Instagram or anything to see and, and tell us what you want to hear. So yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Um, If you're on YouTube, drop the comments below about what you want to hear on the episodes as well. So cheers guys. See you later.